him. Show, show, not hide. I'm not going to hide myself. He's going to show himself. He's going to reveal himself. He's going to demonstrate himself to you, beloved. How many of you believe that? This is a big gospel, beloved. And the only problem is that people tend to limit it by their own thinking rather than by the truth of the Holy Spirit. This is a big, 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 big freedom-bringing gospel. The Spirit of the Father has come to inhabit us, to inhabit us, to make his home. You are to be at home with the Father, your loving Father, your beautiful Father, your wonderful Father. John 14, 23, Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. How precious is that? How precious is that, beloved? He has chosen to make his home with you. And you go, oh, yeah, but I make all these mistakes, and I'm sure it chases him away. The scripture says he has come to make his home with you. You are the home of Jesus. You are the home of Jesus as a born-again believer in Christ. You are the home of Jesus. The Aramaic says he will make his lodging with them. The King James says he will make his abode. He abides with you. The NASB says he will make his dwelling. You are his dwelling place. Just think about that. Just think about that. In this world, he has chosen to make you his dwelling place. See, we limit ourselves by our own physical issues or but your spirit is not limited. He talks to you spirit to spirit. Your spirit is, is no more limited. Okay, <laughs> you're getting big. Your spirit's no more limited than his. Does he have a limited spirit? No, see, we just, we unfortunately perceive things only sometimes in the physical which is very limiting. So, he is not just this thing that comes to visit us once in a while. He is not a visitation. He is the one dwelling in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ in us and we in him. We are endued with his power. We are, we are given his glory. He said in Luke 24, 49, I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed. In the Greek, that word is enduo, with power from on high. So enduo, it means endued. It actually means saturated, like a, like a dye in a cloth, okay? This cloth has 
pink dyeing, and you, 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 you can't really get it out of there, can you? Hello. It's endued. So in Strong's, part of that definition actually says sinking into a garment. That's Jesus. You're the garment. Sinking into a garment. Think about that. Think about that. We are the garment and Holy Spirit, like it says here in Luke 24. We are endued. He sinks into our spirit, giving us a new spirit, right? So dye, when, when we dye something like a cloth, that dye is actually indistinguishable from the garment, isn't it? Can you just think about how big that is? That dye is indistinguishable. It's inextricably united, inextricably united with the garment. So Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit with the born-again believer, Holy Spirit is inextricably saturated into your being. Thank you, Lord. John 17, 22, I'm not going to go there, but it says, I have given them the glory that you have given me. We are united with Christ when we accept him as our Lord and Savior. So we're going to look at how this has happened and what it really means in our lives. If you are a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, you have everything you need, everything you need, to do the works of Christ, to do greater works than he did, to face every obstacle, to actually be Christ manifested in this earth. Christ manifested, brought to life, demonstrated in this, in this earth, in this world, in this human existence. The, the very character of Christ, the new nature, Holy Spirit, inextricably deposited, deposited in every believer. It's amazing. It's an amazing gift. It's an amazing gift. Saturated in who you are. You have everything you need to walk in the miraculous, in the fullness of Christ. You have everything you need to receive your healing and your provision, to be a vessel of healing and provision for others. You have everything that you need to represent Christ in this earth. So now just quit looking at the weaknesses because my scripture tells me that in my weakness he's made strong. Right? So where should we be looking? Should we be focused on our weaknesses? No, do we, want to, do we want to get better with our weaknesses? Yes, and we do that by allowing him in. We do that by repenting and saying, if, if, if it's sin, not if it's just like a weak, you know what I'm saying. You understand what I'm saying, right? Okay, so we have everything that we need to walk in the fullness of Christ here. So a really good way to understand what you've been given is to study the names of God. Okay? Study the names of God. Because that's his character. And that's what's been deposited in you. That's your new nature. That's the spirit that you receive when you're born again. So, 
And then all we need to do is we need to just let that shine forth. Let him do his work in us and just let it shine forth. We only need to believe that Jesus died and was crucified, that our old flesh, how many of you have really ever thought about that? Let's focus on that for a minute. How many of you have ever really thought about that? What that really means when he went to the cross, he crucified the old man. What does that mean to you? Yeah, all good answers. He actually crucified it and gave you his new person, his new spirit. He gave you himself. We just need to receive the reality of what's been done, what he accomplished on our behalf because he loved us so much. So to the extent that, that we stand, to the extent that we understand the promises of God, you, I, I declare this over you, you will possess everything that he has given. You take the land where your feet trod. You take the land, whatever that is. So let, let's just look at a, just a couple of the names. We're just going to look at a couple names. I'm not going into any detail. Jehovah Rapha, healer. Okay, he's my Jehovah Rapha, healer. I am healed. I'm going to say that. I'm going to take that. I am healed. He's my Jehovah Rapha. He's my Jehovah Shalom. Peace. I have the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Jehovah Jireh, provider. I am provided for. I am provided for in every area of my life. Jehovah Shammah. God is there. We studied this last week, didn't we? Jehovah Shammah. God is there. I go forth. I, I go forth in the presence of God. You go forth in the presence of God. When you walk into a room, the Holy Spirit goes before you. Jehovah Nisi, he's a banner all around you. He is the one. He goes. He's the advancing troop. The banner that goes before you. Jehovah Sid canoe. God, my righteousness. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. That's scripture. So we study the name. Go ahead. You all should now be so excited about studying the names of God. I know y'all are going to do that. <laughs> you have been given everything you need to walk in Christ in this earth to be his habitation. Say, I am the habitation of Christ. And all we need to do is just attend to his word, be yielded to the Holy Spirit. He has given us what we need to overcome every obstacle. He has given us what we need to meet every challenge. He has given us what we need to walk victoriously in him. This is the victory that overcomes even my faith, right? Right? So what are some of the things? I'm just going to try to build you up. I'm going to help you understand your arsenal. <laughs> what have you been given? And you could probably think of even things that I'm not going to mention. You have been given the word of God. The word of God, it never changes. It accomplishes exactly what it's sent forth to do. You just need to send it forth. How are you going to do that? You're going to meditate on it. You're going to hear it. You're going to speak it. You're going to send it forth. 
You are the righteousness of God in Christ. That's from 2 Corinthians. I'm not going to go to these scriptures. If you want to write them down, you can. You are the righteousness of God in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.21. You have the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name. Every name shall bow in the name of Jesus. You have the spirit of truth, Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit testimony of Jesus because that's who Holy Spirit is. It is the very, he is the very testimony of Jesus in your life. What is testimony? What is testimony? Do you, do you remember what testimony is? Testimony is when you're talking about something that already occurred. Right? That's your testimony. The done deal. The finished work. Hallelujah. Agreeing with the word of God. You have the keys to the kingdom, Matthew 16, 19. You have the mind of Christ, 1 Corinthians 2, 16. You have all things pertaining to life and godliness, 2 Peter 1, 3. These are all things that he did, he handed to you because of his finished work, he going into hell, defeating the devil, raising and sitting at the right hand of the Father. You have been given, you have been given the fullness of Christ. The fullness of Christ. The fullness of Colossians 2, 9 and 10. I'm going to read this one. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity, all the fullness of the deity, deity lives in bodily form. Did Jesus come in a body? Are, are you in a body? <laughs> like right now. Of course, you're a spirit. You're first and foremost a spirit, but you're living here in a body. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And you have been given the fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. What have you been given? Which is, yes, head over every power and authority that would try to challenge him. Nobody else is going to win. <laughs> if they were going to win now, they would have won back at the cross. Amen. They're, they're not going to win. Okay? John 1:16. From the fullness of his grace, fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. One blessing, not one curse. No, 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 no. One blessing after another. That's for you. You are seated in heavenly places with Christ. That's Ephesians 2.6. You have a better covenant. You have better promises. That's Hebrews 8.6. You have the love of God. Oh, thank you, Lord. You have the love of God. The love of God. Just sit and, just sit and receive that for a minute. You have the love of God shed abroad in your hearts. The very love of God, the most powerful thing in the universe. The strongest of any force. You have the love of God 
shed abroad in your hearts. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did so that I could have that. Romans 5, 5. See, all these things have been given to you in fullness. In fullness. We just need to understand what that fullness is. We need to believe that fullness instead of what the world is always throwing in our faces. Trying to discourage or, or change our minds. See, Jesus walked in the fullness of God all the time. Did he ever need this like special dispensation? Did he just walk in spurts of power? Did, did he ever find a situation and he's like, hmm, I'm going to have to wait here. I'm going to have to tarry a little bit, you know, because I don't really think I can pray for you and get you healed right now. Huh. No. He, he didn't just walk in occasional power. He didn't just walk in occasional authority. He walked in the fullness of God all the time. It's, what, it's who he was. It's who he is as our mediator, as our intercessor. He walked in the fullness, not just all the time, not just spurts of power, not just spurts of the manifestation of God. Go ahead, believe for full manifestation of God all the time in your life. Go ahead. Go ahead and believe for that. You'll, you'll see it come to have. You'll see it come to pass. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you, you, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. Get this. As he's in the world, so are we. Is that in your Bible? <laughs> it's in mine too. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? As he was in the world, so are we. First John 4, 17. So we get to walk in his fullness 24-7, 365 days a year. Nothing we have been given in Christ is broken. None of it is inadequate in any way for any of the needs that we have. There's nothing missing that you need. Christ is and had everything of the Father, everything he needed, and he's given it to us. So, so, so do we have it. He did not, did God give Christ in partial measure? No. I mean, he died for you. I, I would call that all. <laughs> I would call it all. He gave him all. He, gave, he didn't give him in partial measure. All that Christ is has been given by the finished work of Christ. It already has been given to born-again believers in him. You have the same spirit. Listen, you have the same spirit dwelling in you that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Same. Scripture tells you, you have the very same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. How many of you are going to believe that? So you have residing in you death, 
destroying, death-defying spirit of the living God. That's who you have in you. That's, that's what has been accomplished in you. The spirit of resurrection, the spirit of the life of Christ Jesus, the life of Christ Jesus. And that means physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. It means every bit of it. You have been given and you are graced. This is not by your works. You have been graced by God to demonstrate and to manifest the risen Christ in this earth, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. If you renew your mind, your will, your emotions, and receive what has truly been given, truly believe who Christ is, truly believe who he is, given to you through the grace of God and by your faith in Christ, faith in Christ, So we, all we have to do is allow that spirit to come forth. Open the door. Open the hearts of our understanding, Lord. Thank you that you open the hearts of our understanding. You know, beloved, the veil has been torn, and you got to walk through with Jesus. Right? The veil has been torn, and you got to walk through with him. Hallelujah. You're, you're not behind some veil where things are being hidden from you. Hallelujah. So we just need, when, when, when we're born again, we receive this deposit, this deep well of Holy Spirit. And we just need that, like, we just need to allow that deep well to open up and usher forth. Allow that deep well to come forth in praise or, or worship or, or whatever. God's word, God's word. Well, actually, let's look at this. We're going to look, and I, and I want you to really focus, okay? I want everyone to really, really focus on this because we're going to look at what God's word really is, okay? We're going to study that. Jesus was the word made flesh, right? Okay, that's John 1.14. He was the exact, he is the exact image of God. He is the fullness of God in bodily form. Why do you think he had to come in bodily form? So you could get it. <laughs> you know? So you could understand. So you could get it. Because you're in bodily form. Right? Okay. So now, let's think about what this really means. The word of God became life in a human body. Does the word of God ever change? Does the word of God ever lose its power? Does it ever change character? It's always life. It'll never be anything but life. It will never be sickness. It will never be, you know, lack. It will always be life. So, the word of God actually became life in a human body, in a body made of flesh, created in flesh, like we have flesh. God's word created that body, right? God's word created. John 16, 28, I came, this is Jesus talking, I came from the Father and entered the world. They were completely united. 
He came from the Father and he entered this world. Jesus the Word, Jesus the Word came forth from God. The body became living flesh, a living creation because of the Word of God. Because of the Word of God. It was created. He was created in living flesh. Is that word going to do any less in your life? No. It's the same. It's the same. So that means when we receive Jesus Christ, we are receiving the living word of God. When we receive Jesus, we are receiving the living word of God into our flesh, into our minds, into our wills, into our emotions. We're changed in spirit. We receive that with all the life-giving force, the source of all life, and all the life that it gives. That's what you receive. Nothing less. Nothing less. Is this a big gospel? You have a big, big God who wants you to have big, big things and wants you to believe big, big, big. We have all the life that it gives, all the light that it gives. There's no darkness in Jesus. No death can remain. The same force today that it always had and always will have for all of eternity, God's word created a living being, Jesus. The word gives us the same life that it gave to Jesus. So if you want to think of it in another way, God's word is the building block of all life, okay? God's word is the seed, of all life. So when we receive the word, we are receiving something that is actually living. Actually living, alive. The very life and breath of Almighty God, the creator of the universe. And it is the creative force that 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 life, that breath, is the creative force behind in, in all living things. It's what created the world. It's what created the universe. His spoken word. In Genesis, you can go back read Genesis. I'm not going to go there, but it's he spoke the world into existence. Correct? Yeah, he spoke the world into existence. So when we take his word and speak the life of Jesus, what's going to happen in our lives? You know, you, you have a choice. You can either speak the word of Jesus or speak a bunch of junk. So what do you want? You want the life of Jesus or you want a bunch of junk? It's kind of up to you, frankly. So God never changes his word never changes. It is the creative, life-giving force for all of eternity, all of eternity. Th th these are not just like written words on a page. This is not just like a, a black and white. Okay, I see typing here. 
I see typing here. It's not just typing. Holy Spirit revelation is in this. Holy Spirit life. These are living words. These are the only words you'll ever receive life from. Not other words. There are a lot of people that want to speak death and darkness and a whole bunch of junk. And you just say, I take crop failure on that. I'm not allowing that to have a harvest in my life. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to go back. I'm going to find the word. I'm going to take every other word that's against the word captive to the word. And this is what's going to come to fruition in my life and, and nothing else. So the word of God is seed. It is seed for every living thing in the universe, for you, for all of creation. And we know that everything in life, listen, everything in life follows seed time and harvest. What are you going to sow? And here, this gets me. If you're not going to sow the word, why do you expect a word back? If you're not going to sow mercy, what do you expect? If you're not going to sow, but if you are going to sow mercy, if you are going to sow, sow love, if you are going to sow non-condemnation, non-accusation, okay? Genesis 8, 22. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. Never cease. Every seed, every seed has within it the life. Okay? Every seed is filled with life. So you can either sow life seed or death seed, right? Because even a bad seed has the life of death in it. You you see what I'm saying? Okay, so you're not going to sow bad seed. You're only going to sow seed that has life in it, which is the word of God. You can't go wrong here. Everything that you say out of this book is going to bring life to you. So when mixed with the right ingredients, every seed produces after its own kind. I Say this, I produce Jesus because he's my seed. Okay? I'm only going to produce Jesus because he's my seed. All right? So when an apple seed is planted and then it's watered and then it gets, you know, gets some dirt and it gets some sunlight, what are we going to get? We're going to get a tree with a lot, actually a lot more than just that one seed. From one seed, you're going to get a whole tree with like hundreds of apples and hundreds or thousands of seeds. So be careful about what you're saying. Be careful about what you're sowing. Pay attention to what you're sowing because I want a good crop. Okay? So, you, when you sow the word, you, when you believe the word, when you stand on the promises, with you understand what God, what Christ really did when he went to that cross and when he went to hell, and when he was resurrected and ascended, when you really believe that, take that, take Jesus into your spirit, you are the tree of life of Christ. That's who you are. You are a walking righteous tree of life in Christ Jesus. When you walk into a room, what should happen? Light shine, darkness gone. 
It doesn't have a chance. Light shine, darkness gone. It doesn't have a chance. Hallelujah. You, the scripture tells you actually that you are the planting of the Lord. I'm just going to read the very last part of Isaiah 61.3. It says, They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. That's your destiny. That's your destiny. You are for the display of the splendor of the Lord. Hallelujah. So you will go forth, you will bear his same fruit, you will bear his same fruit because of the life of the word in you. Life. Did I say life? Did I say life of the word? Did I say life? Yes. (laughs) So, (laughs) as we plant, the seed of the word in our lives, and then we water it with the rivers of life and revelation by the Holy Spirit. When we do that, remember the Holy Spirit is what? It's the testimony of Jesus, right? Okay? So then that seed in us reproduces after its own kind. I'm a Christ kind. Say, I'm a Christ kind. I'm a Christ kind. So the word actually becomes life. Life, living, life. It actually is alive and living in our mortal bodies. And it becomes life to our minds. It becomes life to our relationships. It becomes life to every soulish realm. Okay? Every soulish realm that you encounter. The word is life. You know what? You know what's amazing? And this truly, if you really think about it, is the grace of God. Because even sometimes <coughs> when you don't understand what's going on, you don't know all the ins and outs. You haven't gotten to the maybe the root core, those little tendrils. You, maybe you don't understand everything. And you speak the word. God is gracious enough to root out the stuff that you don't even know at that, mo- at that moment. He's so good and kind and gracious. Do you understand the mercy that's involved in that? Do you understand the mercy that's involved in that? Hello? I mean, he truly is a merciful God. So the word becomes life, and it reproduces Jesus in us. It reproduces his life in us. Scripture tells us that the word is alive and active. Hebrews 4, 4, I think, 12 through 13. In other words, his word is not just these little cute descriptions of things. It's life. It's him. It's his existence. It's his wholeness. It's his fullness. It's everything about him that we're speaking into situations. It's sharp. It's active. It's not lifeless. 
It comes with power. It comes with light. It comes with authority. It comes with all the fullness of Christ. It comes with the complete character of Christ. His word can't be any different than that. His word can't be any different than him, than he. Excuse me. So when we give heed to the word and allow it to take dominion in our lives and not just sit there, you know, not just be this like thing that we don't pay attention to and we don't attend to and we just allow it to be dormant, we're allowing it then to do its good work. The work that it was always intended to do. In other words, if we receive the word for what it truly is, the fullness of Christ, the living word, the life force of God, the life force of God. Say, the word is the life force of God. And if we receive it as that, we are allowing it to change our very beings into the likeness and the truth of Christ. How many of you want the likeness and the truth of Christ in your life? You know, sometimes he has to get in there and do a little work. But we're okay with that, right? Yeah, we're okay with that. <laughs> I know he has to do a lot of work on me. So we just have to receive the word into our bodies, into our soul, into our mind, will, emotions, our spirit. This is a real thing, beloved. It changes the physical. It changes the physical. The seed never loses the force of life. It never loses the force of life that's in it. It remains in the seed for all time, forever and ever. Let me give you one example that might help this stick with you. This is an earthly example from the New York Times, and this is a quote. Scientists in Israel, prob probably a lot of you have already heard this, scientists in Israel have confirmed that an ancient date palm seed retrieved from the rubble of Masada and successfully germinated, okay, like it grew, is about 2,000 years old. Now it's growing. A seed, 2,000 years old. What do you think about the seed of the Spirit? What do you think about the seed of the Word in your life? It's about 2,000 years old. That makes it the oldest seed ever to sprout, beating the previous well-documented record holder, a lotus found in a dried lake bed in China by about 700 years. So it beat that one out by 700 years, but that one was already 1,300 years old and grew. The word never loses life. The word never loses power. The word is always Jesus in the present, in the here and now, working in your very flesh working in your lives, working in your situations, life and life only. You cannot deactivate the force of life that is in that seed. Every word seed, every word seed contains within it the destiny of God for your life. 
So many people go around thinking, you know, I, I messed up way too much. God's destiny will never be finished in my life. Well, did his destiny for you change? Did he get confused? Did he, like, think one thing before you were born, and now it's like, well, you sort of goofed it up way too much. Like, maybe I'll just sort of change my mind. No. No, none of that, beloved. None of that. The word will accomplish God's destiny because that's what it has in it, his life destiny for you in the word. Do you believe that? That's for, that's for you and me. That's for all of us. We cannot change the inherent value of a seed. We can't change that. We cannot change the purpose of his seed. We cannot change the nature of his seed. We cannot change that inherent life in that seed. Frankly, nor would we want to, right? We wouldn't want to do any of that. We want to receive the word in our lives as God intended it. So when we take that word seed and we give it what it needs to grow in our lives, we cannot prevent the destiny of God. Do you believe that? Yeah, beloved. That's how much he loves you. That's how much mercy. That's the mercy he has for you. That's the grace that he's, he's given you. We cannot prevent the destiny of God from coming forth and duplicating after that seed that we plant in our lives or in our walk. We must receive the seed for what it is, for what it truly is, and allow it to grow. And all we have to do, we just open that door. We just open up and we, and, and we allow Holy Spirit to do his work. Whether that requires repentance on our part or, or whatever, or new revelation, he's so willing to give. He's so willing to give. You have the most giving God. So, the seed being the word, the very life of Christ in me, if I plant a specific word, okay, we're, we're going to go through a couple so you get the idea. If I plant a specific word in my life and I water it with the rivers of Holy Spirit revelation, it will produce exactly the life that is in it. So the exact representation, the exact being, the exact life, the exact Im image of Christ. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Nothing missing, nothing broken. All I have to do is open the windows of my soul. I just open the windows of my soul and allow him to do whatever he wants to do. Listen, Psalm 107.20. Okay, we're going to just do two. We're just going to do two little scriptures. Personalized. We're going to personalize it to ourselves. God sent out his word and healed me. Say that. God sent out his word and healed me and rescued me from the grave. Rescued me from the grave. When I do that, when I say that, I water that with faith, I am activating, I am activating the life that is in that seed. I am activating that. The very life of God, I am activating it in my life. And it actually becomes, well, it already is a living force, but it actually 
is a living force in my body, in my flesh, changing anything that needs healing in my body into the destiny of God, the destiny that he had for me from the beginning of time. He never had sickness for you. He only ever had life and wholeness and wellness and healing. That's all. Well, that's everything. Beloved, Psalm 103, verses 2 through 5, personalized. I praise the Lord. I praise the Lord. I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. My soul praises you. And I do not forget all your benefits. You forgive all my sin. You heal all my disease. You redeem me, listen, from the pit. That's everything. That's not just physical healing. You redeem me from my life, from the pit. You crown me with your love and compassion. Beloved, say, I wear God's crown of love and compassion. You satisfy my desires with good things, and my youth is renewed like the eagles. You just spoke the very life of God into your soul, into your spirit. You just spoke the life of God into yourself. My youth is renewed moment by moment by moment. The very life of that seed, which we've all just watered in speaking, that I've just watered, that you've just watered in your life, springs forth to manifest that, all that we just, the life of God, to manifest that in your physical body, in your soul, in your mind, in your will, in your emotions. You've just, in your spirit, agreed with what God has to say about you. Okay? And it's the very same for every single scripture, every condition, every situation in your life. We call this walking, this is what we call it, and it's really kind of a misnomer, but, but it's okay. <laughs> we call this walking in the realm of the miraculous, but it's really just the realm that God has for every one of us all the time. You know what I'm saying? Why do we call it walking in the miraculous? Because, because we're looking from a physical perspective. We're looking from a man-made perspective. We're looking from a perspective that's been limited by what we see in the world or, or perhaps what some people, none of you in here, have come to accept as, a, as the reality or, or the worldly reality, see? And so what do we really need to do? We... we need to renew our minds to, to, and our eyes to view things the way that God views them. Because this is what he has for you 24-7, 365. You see what I'm saying? So we're walking, when we, when we, when we do this, we're actually walking in God's intention, which is miraculous, I guess, because he's, he's so awesome, you know, that he's overcome every death, darkness, and horrible thing. So, but 
We are walking in the force of the word. That's what's really happening. We are walking in God lives. Unbroken life. We need to stop looking at our lives as broken. Excuse me, you are not broken. You are not broken. Jesus died and redeemed it all. Has he redeemed you? Okay. Redeemed is redeemed. Redeemed is not broken. So, he intended this to be the norm. It's not something that you're ever intended to fall short of because he's redeemed us from the fall. Sin came into the world and it distorted our view. That's what really happened. It distorted our view and we need to basically regain God's view because his word is himself manifested in Jesus before us in our lives, and we are created, you are created to walk in the exact likeness of him on an everyday basis. Every day, you are d- designed. You, you, don't, you don't have this lacking capacity in your spirit. Remember I said that at the beginning, that your spirit is not limited? Satan did not defeat the word. It really, that's what it really comes down to. Satan did not defeat the word. He never will defeat the word. The word has not been defeated. It stands in all its glorious life and power forever and ever, all eternity. The word defeated Satan. He thought he won, but Jesus came out of that grave. Jesus was ascended to the right hand of the Father. Jesus poured out the blood of mercy for you. He wasn't, for one second, he was not defeated. The word was resurrected, and it's ascended back in complete union, in in corruptible form, incorruptible form. Nothing missing, nothing broken, no shortage. The word is the incorruptible force of life. It is an incorruptible reality in our lives. The word is incorruptible. Say, the word is incorruptible in my life. You just saying that brings life to your flesh, just so you know. 1 Peter 1.23, for you have been born again, listen, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. The living and enduring word of God. You're not born again by perishable, but by imperishable. Are you going to believe that you are the imperishable, that that word planted in you is imperishable? It always endures. It always brings life. It will never be defeated. We need to get our eyes off the idea of brokenness and onto the life that has been given us. I am not unredeemed. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. Perishable puts on imperishable. That's scripture. Perishable 
puts on imperishable. Say, I have put on the imperishable. 1 Corinthians 15, 54. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. I prophesy that because the word allows me to over every single one of you. Death is swallowed up in victory in your lives. Death is swallowed up in victory in my life in Jesus. O oh, death, where is your victory? O oh, death, where is your sting? That's a quote from the Old Testament. I know it's getting late, but would you like to have one testimony of that? Would you all like to have just like one little testimony? <coughs> okay. <coughs> you know, you, we need to remember the miracles. Miracles the ever-living truth, the word of victory in our lives. So if I've already set, told you this, then still pay attention. <laughs> but anyway, my dad was like 87 years old or something like that. And I don't really remember. And anyway, so we had been excommunicated from our family. But anyway, he ended up in the hospital. Uh, and um, they couldn't figure out what was wrong with him. And they saw these spots on in his body they couldn't actually totally determine where it was so um they put him on a bunch of antibiotics thinking you know that would take care of it and it didn't take care of it and so as a last resort i'm sure um and i don't say this in any prideful arrogant or any other sort of way i don't mean it that way at all but i guess they thought he was going to die so you better call all the family that's more what i meant than anything and so they called and said you know dad's in the hospital and and it's not looking good. So if you, if you want to see him, come on and see him. And so it was William, Benjamin, uh, Ken, and I that went to the hospital that day. And the Lord had given us the scripture from Hosea and from Luke and that death was swallowed up, that he would not see death, like Lazarus. He gave us the scripture about Lazarus and um, that he would be you know, raised up. Okay, so we went in and um, prayed over him. Well, and this had been like, he had been there, I don't know, like a week. So they ended up figuring out that this spot was on his aorta. There were a couple spots. And so they were going to take him to surgery. And when they, after the doctor came out from surgery, you know, they have to put him in like under all that ice and reduce their body temperature to like some really low amount. And so they do the surgery on his aorta, and there were actually two spots on his aorta. And when the doctor came out, he came straight, to, uh, straight away and said, it's a miracle. He said there were two holes completely through his aorta. He had lived for over a week that way. Instant death, a hole in your aorta. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. This was so awesome. And what, they, what happened was the doctor said when they got in there, there was this sticky substance that they had never seen before, a sticky yellowish substance that had plugged both holes. I guess that's what they were seeing. Praise you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. You see, God does work life in our bodies. Hallelujah. Well, I wasn't really planning on telling you that, but death was swallowed up in victory. That's what brought it to my mind because that scripture had been given to us to pray over him that day. Hallelujah. So, (laughs) the word of God is imperishable. It accomplishes what it says. So when we receive Jesus, we put on that imperishable. We think of it, remember the dye example at the beginning? See, it's like (laughs) in us. We receive it as dye, like totally saturating, inseparable from us. Every born-again believer receives the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, and you have the very life, you have the very knowledge, you have the, the life of God residing in you. And when we choose, when we choose to combine that Spirit of truth of God in our lives, the fullness of Christ will come to pass. It will. It will come to pass. God's love He so loves you. He so loves me. His love, the manifested word, became Christ. That's who Christ is, the manifested love of God for you. And in his love for you, he has given you completely himself. Everything that is him, He has given, he has died it into you. Die, D-Y-E, not death die. You know what I'm saying. His fullness. Everything you need, everything you need to live in his likeness, in his fullness, in his completeness on this earth. Hallelujah. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Now, if there's anyone in here who has never received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, I want you to raise your hand. I'm going to pray with you. Ushers, if you see anybody, let me know. Because from the moment that you receive Jesus Christ, this all belongs to you. It doesn't take years. It doesn't take forever. It is right then and there. It is a gift given to you. So if you have never received, it'll be the best thing you ever do in your whole life. It will bring the life of God. You will see things in a new way. You will have a whole new victory in your walk. So if there's anyone who has not received Jesus Christ, and I'm going to pray it anyway because sometimes there are people watching on TV and I've gotten messages. So dear Lord, I come to you, and I, oh, you guys can say this with me. I come to you and I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I thank you for going to that cross, for dying for me. I thank you for your love. Your love has saved me. I believe you are the Son of God, risen from the dead, seated at the right hand of the Father on my behalf, making intercession for me. Please forgive me for the things that I've done in my life that have not pleased you. And I know, I know that you have forgiven me. And I thank you for that. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Now, if you prayed that prayer today, you let me know, and I will send you some literature. So anyway, I believe that's what the Lord wanted me to share with you guys today.
We're going to go ahead and receive communion. If you haven't gotten, and communion here is open to everyone.